Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. It is so great. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Brett Long. I am the student ministries pastor here at Life Church, um, and I love it. Something else is I love the Christmas season. It's so fun, right? It's so fun. You get to go to Christmas parties. You get to stay up late, drink hot cocoa and cider and look at the beautiful lights or the mess of lights or whatever it is or whatever you, you enjoy. There's the Hallmark movies, right? Who here is a Hallmark fan? Hallmark Christmas movie fan. A lot more women than men, but I did see a few men out there raising your hand. Way to be brave. Okay, you can admit it. It's cool. All right? And I don't know about you guys, you know, there's those Hallmark movies, and you know exactly what's going to happen as soon as it starts, right? Like, there's a big city girl, and she's going home to her hometown because something tragic just happened. But she's going to meet a little farmer guy, and this guy, of course, wears plaid. But don't you worry, big city girl is going to find out what love and home mean this Christmas. Oh, right? You guys, you guys know, like, that's it. You're welcome. I just spoiled every single Hallmark movie for you, okay? And this happens, and we love it. It feels good. It's great. But then there's some other Christmas movies, which I think are a little bit more realistic, right? Y'all, y'all, y'all feel me? You know, Christmas Vacation, right? And you're like, it's maybe a little fun to watch, but then sometimes you're like, it's hitting a little too close to home right now. My family's a mess. I got my crazy uncle here. This is going bad. Nothing's going right. The food isn't turning out great. Oh my goodness, what is happening this Christmas? And let's be real. That's life. That's life. It's what happens. We want the perfect Hallmark movie Christmas, right? We strive for it. We're like, I would love it if a big city girl came and saved my farm, okay? Like, I would love that. But most of the time, that's just not the real, realistic version of what's going to happen. To where Christmas comes with a lot of expectations. It comes with a lot of expectancy, whether that's on God or family or ourselves or work or whatever it is. And so what we're going to be looking at today is this idea of when home isn't what you expect or isn't what you expected that there's going to be times where it's going to be hard and it's going to be life, and that as we go into Christmas season and we have all of the expectations, sometimes it doesn't quite meet it. So how do we follow God through that? What does this look like? So if you have your Bibles, open up into Luke chapter 1 with me. We do cheer for the Bible here because we believe that this is God's word and that he is speaking in and through it. And so we cheer for the Bible. So just so you guys know, if this is your very first time hearing when someone says open up their Bible, you're going to hear a little cheer. I mean, that was kind of weak, but yeah, it's okay. I believe at least five of you love God's word. Okay. All right. Let's pray and then we will read this together. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your grace and mercy over our lives. 
God, I pray as we open your word that you speak to us. Holy Spirit, that your presence is already in this room, and we welcome you, Father. Come and move. Move in us. Move through us. Let us know that you are with us in the good times and in the hard times. In this season where things may seem dark, God, you are our light. Let us put our hope in you this Christmas. Amen. So in Luke 1, I almost said Jesus 1. That's not the name of the book. But in Jesus 1, Luke 1, verse 26, okay, it says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This is an amazing section of Scripture. What we see first is this idea that God arrives in the most unexpected way to the most unassuming people, that the God of the universe, the King of kings, is going to be born of an unwed lady, of a virgin, and that he's going to not just be born to her, but he is going to be born of a lady in the city of Nazareth, and Nazareth was kind of seen as the outcast city. It was looked down on. It was called the city of the Gentiles. For the Jewish people, this is kind of the least of the, le of the least. It's this idea of being like the student pastor at the church. You're kind of looked down on as the least of the least. Yes. And it's this idea that God is going to be born in the most unexpected way, in the most magical way, that the king of kings is choosing to be born and become man and flesh. This is huge. It's not what people thought was going to happen with the Messiah. They thought God was going to come down and set things right, and he was going to be a political figure, and he was going to do things and set them free and make them the greatest nation, and he chooses a different way. It's so unexpected. But then he doesn't just show up in a mysterious way. He shows up to the most unassuming people. He shows up to Mary, a 14-year-old, um, someone that is a teenager, someone that is not married, someone that is from a poor family, someone that isn't kind of this amazing political figure from an amazing family, but this person that's just a girl. Yes, she's related to people, but she's just a girl. But God says, I'm going to use you. I'm going to do something amazing in and through you. And this holiday season, it's hard. It's hard because things don't always go the way we expect where as we get ready for Christmas, there's things that happen, whether it's, it's family that's, that's bailing on you, that's saying, I can't make it to the Christmas dinner. 
I can't do this. And you're a little heartbroken. You really wanted that family dinner. Or maybe you're just feeling lonely. That there's these nights that in Reno, it's dark by 4.30 p.m. And if you're like me, it is miserable. Like, I love the light in the summer. And it's dark by 4.30 and it's hard. Maybe you're going through something in your life that this is a season where the most people get sick and things happen, and it can be hard. And it's unexpected. You're like, I didn't think it was going to go this way. But what we see from Scripture is God came to us, to the most unassuming people. It's not because you're great. It's not because... God wants to do something um, because of how good you are, but it's because of our brokenness. God says, I'm coming to you. I loved you while you were still a sinner. I want to know you. And so this season, what we need to look at is in the unexpected. I believe that God is going to work in and through me in new ways. That even though it's hard, God is going to show up. Excuse me. I'm getting sick on stage right now, I guess. I'll do a Pastor Dave real quick. I didn't squeeze it like him. Okay. But but we see this thing of God moving in unexpected ways. And he wants to do that in you. In the hard season, in the good season, that I think about myself. And when God first showed up to me as a 16-year-old man, boy, whatever, okay, But I grew up Catholic. I grew up going to church, usually 6 a.m. mass with my stepdad and my mom. But I didn't know God. It was never real. I never accepted Jesus. I would go to mass at 6 a.m. I sang in the choir. I'm a little choir boy, a beautiful voice, okay? I'll sing next week. But I never got it. And then when I was 16, a friend invited me to a youth group at a different church. And I was like, sure, I'll go. I think I, I think I understand Jesus. I'll go with you. But it was there Jesus revealed himself to me. The grace of God was made new. It was revealed. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what have I been doing? I want God. He came to me while I was a sinner, and he loves me, and it was unexpected. I thought I knew it, but I had no idea, and maybe that's where you are right now, is you need just a little piece of grace in your life, and that God has that for you. Maybe that's where you are, or you're hurting, and you need to just go to God and say, God, please just give me comfort. Because he lived a life that was unexpected. Jesus came down, he was born of Mary, and then he lived a life that we could never live. And he died on the cross, overcoming all sin and death, and rose again three days later. And that through him, we may have eternal life. And that is what we believe. And so with this idea of the unexpected is while Jesus was living, there were unexpected interruptions. There were things that he probably went through that weren't the way he thought. Maybe while he's giving a message and talking to people and there's people crawling through a roof, he's probably like, oh, cool, this is what I wanted today, right? Maybe while he's out there and a lady reaches out just to touch his robe so that she could be healed. There's these unexpected things that God did, and it wasn't always the way where even when Jesus is getting ready to die on the cross, 
If there's any other way, take this from me. But he knows what he needs to do. And with us, it's not that we're going to be promised an easy life. It's that he promises, I went through this with you, and I'm going to go through it with you. And that's where we need to be this Christmas season. And what we see is Mary's response in the next chapter. And it says this, not next chapter, next paragraph. I'm still learning English, guys. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be? Since I am a virgin, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The next thing we see is that despite having obvious questions, the ultimate um, response is one of trust and faith. That Mary had questions. How can this be? I've never slept with a guy. I'm a virgin. I've never done this. How can this be? And there's obvious questions here, but It's her final response that I really want us to look at. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That even through this moment, Mary, who's the least of the least, is being called that you are going to have a son and he's going to be the Messiah. He is going to be Jesus Christ and he is going to bring people unto himself. And her response, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. It's this response of trust and faith. That she believed that, that there, just like so many of the Jewish people, that he was going to come as a political figure and he was going to reset the things and he was going to make the wrong things right. And he was going to do that by overthrowing the Roman Empire and that he was going to do certain things. But the way Jesus lives is completely opposite. And he, he does make wrong things right and he does bring grace and he does bring new life, but it's not in the way expected. And Mary doesn't know this. She doesn't know how it's going to go. She doesn't know what's going to happen. She doesn't know this, but her response is going to be, I trust you, Lord. Even though my friends and my neighbors may look down on me for what is about to happen, for being an unwed mother, for having a child out of wedlock, I trust you, God. But even knowing that I I don't know what is going to happen between me and Joseph, I trust you, God. Even though people may attack me, even though things may not go the way I see, I I want, I trust you, God. And that is the response we need. As we go through this unexpected season, this season of Christmas and setting expectations and things not going the way we want, or we're going through these hard times, is saying, I trust you, God. I know that you are good and faithful. I know that all good things come from you. I know that you are righteous. And God, I trust you and I want to follow you and I want to go, Father, because I believe that you make all things right. 
And so what I want us to look at this season is are we putting our trust and hope and faith in God or are we putting it in other things? And that's where we need to look this season. So many times for Christmas just to be perfect, we start to put our expectations on things that are not God. And these things let us down. It's not that they're bad, it's just we're putting them in the wrong place. It should be God first and everything else follows. And so I want to challenge you today. Despite having these obvious questions of God, I, I don't understand this. Saying, God, I trust you. God, I'm going to walk in faith because I believe that you have showed up in unexpected ways in and through me and that, God, you want to move just like you are in Costa Rica, just like you are in Carson. God, you are moving, and I believe that you're going to use me and my brokenness and to move here in Reno. But then we see one of the greatest moments in Scripture, this moment of worship. And with that, um, as I said, I am the student ministries pastor. I work with a lot of students, and a lot of unexpected things happen in student ministry. Okay, I like to think of my job as just mitigating chaos. Yes, it's kind of fun. It's kind of crazy. It's great. I love it. But a couple years ago, 2021, we did this summer camp. We went out on houseboats in Lake Shasta. Okay, it was amazing. God moved. He showed up. It was so good. But... Has anybody ever been to Lake Shasta before? Has anybody ever gone in July? It is not fun, is what I've learned. Every single day was a record high above 110 degrees. And if you're on a houseboat, there's nowhere to go. You're stuck in that heat. You jump in the water to cool down, but that water ain't cold, okay? And so you're trying to cool down, but then it's not just that. You have these giant mountains that the boats are on, okay? And every single day you have to back them up or your boat is going to get stuck because you're losing two to three feet of water every single day. And so you're doing this. And then with all of that, okay, where we parked our boats for summer camp are hornets, just hornets. They just come out of the mud in the morning, go back during the heat of the day, and then come out at night and then go back when the night gets too cold for them. So it's really fun. Like, you wake up in the morning, and there's a lot of little friends flying around your face, okay? And they're just flying, and the hornets are going, and all of this is happening. And this, this camp was a little bit chaotic because during COVID, me and Lydia got a guilty pleasure, okay? Everyone, I'm gonna ask you not to judge me. Is You guys good? Okay, is we watch Survivor, okay? Not just that. During COVID, we watched 40 seasons. I said, don't judge me. Oh my goodness. I heard some gasps of like shock, okay? Don't act like y'all didn't watch way too much TV, okay? We just watched 40 seasons of one show, okay? And we watched Survivor, I now count that as work hours, okay, because it gave me ideas for student ministry. And so we had the idea of this houseboat camp was going to be survivor-themed. And so we are making it survivor-themed. We went all out on the games. We're doing this. I didn't know how prophetic this would be. 
that it was one of the hardest camps we ever experienced. Students were hot. It was miserable. There were hornets. Like, it was so great. I loved it. I would do it again. Because even in this mess, God showed up. Even in the craziness of waking up to hornets flying around my face, and while I'm trying to worship at night, there's hornets stinging me. I am having the time of my life because God was there. Where students worship like never before, the presence of God was tangible, and our response was, God, we don't know what's happening, but you are moving. Where any one of the students could have been like, Sarge, Take me home right now. And I would be like, well, we're out in the middle of nowhere, but let me call your mom to get a helicopter to you. No, but it, would have, it could have been miserable. The students could have made it miserable. But every single one of their responses was one of worship and glory, was one of saying, God, you're moving here. To where I had students come to know Jesus at this camp and they gave their lives to him and they, they said, God, I wanna follow you for the rest of my life and that it was amazing. And then even at this moment where I'm at camp and they're like, can I get baptized here? And I'm like, we love it, like to baptize you at home so that your family can come and celebrate with you. And they're like, no, it's here. I'm getting baptized. There's water that, you know, they pulled the Ethiopian on me of there's water. Why can't I get baptized? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, let's do it. And so I got to baptize these guys and they're following God and they've given their life to him and it was amazing. Did it go the way I planned? Oh goodness, no. I didn't think I would get stung so many times in my life, but God moved. And that's what we're going to see here is Mary probably had this plan and she had a plan of following God and how it was going to go and did it go the way that she thought? No, she didn't wake up one day and say, I'm gonna be the mother of God, let's go, okay? That's not what was happening. But she goes and visits her cousin and then after this, it leads to this greatest moment of worship. Where in verse 46, it says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. That we see this moment of worship that in the midst of the unexpected, worship becomes our posture. And that's this posture that we need to have as we go through these moments that are unexpected, as we go through these moments that are hard, as we go through these moments that aren't quite what we expect. It is this moment of our response is trust and faith, but maybe it's a moment where we need to say, God, I worship you because you are good and loving and kind. And that is what we need to look at. 
Is our response one of worship? Do we worship in our homes when things are hard? Do we worship when things aren't going our way? Do we worship when things are going good? Because what we see is that God is always good in the hard times and the good times. In the moments of craziness at camp, he's moving. Here in Reno, he's moving in your life. Worship him. Love him. He loves you so, so much. Rest on that this season. Not in your own expectations. Not in your own plans. But on him who is the hope of the world. Let him be the guiding light for you. Let him be the one that's moving in and through you. And I think that's where we need to look is I want a posture of worship wherever I go that I am glorifying God for who he is because he is working. Even in the mess of my life, even when I make plans that he is working. Just like he did in Abraham, just like he did in Moses of using these broken people in their messed up stories, he is working. And that's the same for us. In your life, God is working. All you need to do is have this posture of worship to realign yourself of of not thinking how horrible it is, but just reminding yourself of how great God is. And that is what I learned from these students. At one of the hardest weeks of my life, it's not about the hardship we were going through. It's about what God was doing. And so let's reset our minds this Christmas season. Let's reset our, unex- our expectations. That in these, unex- oh my goodness, I can't even talk. In these expectations, God is going to move in the ways that we don't think. So let's give it all to him. Let's worship at home, in our cars, in our families, and bring him the glory because he is good. Let's pray. God, I I thank you. God, that you are moving in and through me. God, I thank you for the people here at church today. God, I, I pray for all of us and the expectations we have and the ways that they don't get met God, that you, you just realign our heart with yours. Realign our minds with yours, Father. Let us worship you in the good times and in the bad times. Let us have postures that are like Mary's, that not knowing what is going to happen, but we are going to say yes and let's go, God. We will walk in trust and faith because we believe that you are moving in our pain and sorrow, in our joy and gladness, you are with us, Jesus. Let us walk in that newness of life that you have for us. We just pray this all in your name.
Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.